Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Storm. Uh, we've been away a little bit, a little bit of a hiatus over the holiday period. Excited to be back. Excited to talk cybersecurity in uh, 2023. Um, well, we're always like excited. That. We're always excited to talk about that. Of course we are. We're nerds. Yeah, um, yeah we are. Always excited to talk about cybersecurity. Um, and like to start the year similar to how we did last year. A little bit of uh, you know what we see in terms of trends, what we see in terms of... Uh, you know, happenings in the uh, cybersecurity space um, as we move into the uh, into the new year. So, you know, Matt, I'll let you uh, hop in. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about AI and uh, you know, some of the interesting <laughs> things going on there. But uh, let's start with AI and, uh, you know, how that's kind of moved into the cyberspace and what it means for, uh, you know, our small and medium-sized business owners. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, welcome back, Michael. It's uh, it's fun to be recording another podcast together. Um we we are excited. Before we get there, we are excited to uh, have a, a great lineup of guests um, for 2023. We um, are going to change the the cadence of our podcast a little bit. Um, some of the feedback we got was it's great, but it's hard to listen every two weeks. So I think we're going to go to like once a month um, for our podcast recordings. Isn't that what we decided, Michael? Yeah, one once a month, and then we're going to push out a, a newsletter in between. So. Uh... Cool. Yeah, cool. You get both. You get both the newsletter and a uh, and a podcast every month. Right. Well, so thinking about trends, and it's funny that you know, as you and I just quickly put a list together and did a little research, um, you know, I was laughing to myself. Like, certainly one of the trends uh, that I expect to see is this whole AI explosion with chatbots, et cetera. In fact, um, kind of laughing about, it, I'd love to be able to get Chat GPT to. To, to record podcasts for us. I don't think they could do that yet, but uh, certainly it's uh, probably something on the horizon. Uh, with that like, said, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Say, they certainly could generate the content. Uh, for yeah, sure. You know, for sure. Yeah, just, uh, just the, you know, the machine voice is not that interesting. That's right. Well, it, it, it clearly with the way you and I will ham and egg this podcast, um, that a chatbot didn't develop it. So anyhow, speaking of AI and AI security, we, you know, some of the interesting conversations I've had recently are, you know, kind of multifold in this this whole chatbot AI world. Um, one of the really cool things that we've we've been reading about, um, and it's cool from a technology perspective, but kind of uh, maybe concerning from a security perspective is they've they've started to put these chatbots together. So let's say a, an NSA based AI chatbot talking to OpenAPI, which is ChatGPT, and having a conversation 
amongst themselves, um, what they've seen is that these bots create their own language. They're like, ah, these funny humans, they, they make us speak in this way that doesn't make any sense for us. It takes too long. So let's come up with our own way of communicating with each other that is kind of outside of, of what, you know, what the humans are telling us. No, it's not for nefarious reasons. It's obviously for speed of processing, et cetera. But it's really wild to think about how these chatbots have advanced so quickly um, that they can they can develop their own language. And that really, from a security perspective, is a little bit nerve wracking. Um, we've been reading recently about how um, ChatGPT in particular has been used to develop, uh, develop uh, you know, hacker code. Um, some type of malware or something like that, you know, very basic ransomware. But what that really does is, is make, you know, the development of things that make our lives hard much easier to, to everyone. I mean, Michael and I have been talking about for, for years how, you know, ransomware as a service is available. So, you know, you can go out and sign up a ransomware service if you'd like to, to, to make a few bucks um, and by paying a, a certain percentage to the, the ransomware developer. Now you can cut out that that middleman and develop your own ransomware. So I think over over 2023, we'll we'll really see some focus in in these these chatbots and and how to you know protect environments, what the controls that are putting up put onto these uh these services, um, and how we can really prevent them from from causing problems in our in our in our environments. Any thoughts on that? Mike? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I think of it as a logical extension to what we saw over the past couple of years, right? We saw AI being used to, you know, modify endpoint protection to, you know, to, to XDR, MDR, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and really the introduction of AP, AI as a defensive tool, um, as, as a way to block. Now, the same cyber criminals that have seen us you know, kind of evolve in terms of our defenses are now changing the game offensively. Um, you know, they're, they're using the same kind of technologies to, as you said, to develop code, uh, to develop processes so that they can, uh, you know, they, they can attack now smart endpoints. So I, you know, I, I think it's a logical extension. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a little worried as you were talking about, you know, you know, the Terminator and the, 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 the yeah. thinking machine and, <laughs> and a little bit, I, you know, I hate to think that that, uh, that, that language that the uh, bots are talking to each other, that the, the chat uh, uh, agents are talking to each other. And it's going to wind up sounding like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So uh, <laughs> I'll be back. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> another, you know, just kind of moving on. Uh, one of the things that I, you know, I wanted to touch on uh, was the, the, the real rise in uh, cyber insurance for small and medium-sized businesses. You mean uh, the, 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 ri the rise in expense? The rise, the, in well, the, the rise in expense and the rise in, in acceptance. Um, you know, you know, I get out and talk to a lot of CEO groups around the country. And, you know, a couple of years ago, it was less than 30% had cyber insurance. And it's now, you know, probably two thirds to almost three quarters have some form of cyber insurance in place. And what we saw in 2022 was a tremendous jump in premiums. Um, here in the state of New Jersey, whether you're a, a public company or a municipality or a school district, uh, most organizations saw triple digits, you know, 100% plus increase in their cyber premiums. 
and I think it's coming from a lot of a lot of things. One is the insurance companies are getting a lot smarter. The actuarial data is getting a lot better. Um, but it's also the rise in in the number of attacks. The folks right. that you know, the companies that are getting hit, getting hit with ransomware, um, wind up paying off extortion uh, via via their insurance policy, and, and you know it's really ramped up for the insurance policies the need to uh, increase the premium. So, and I think there's yeah, a and lot I think of I, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, go. So I I, I I'm just going to interject there. I think I think the the note for the folks listening is. Uh, you know, as you're looking at insurance, either getting it for the first time uh, or looking at it for a second time or maybe renewing a policy is making sure that you have the minimum set of security controls in place that they're looking for. Because right. similar to, the, you know, we've all seen these, these safe driving ads from uh, auto insurance providers, it's kind of the same concept, right? So, you know, making sure you have multi-factor, that you're training employees, that you have backups, et cetera. Um, that's that's an important step to help control the cost of your premiums. Right. Also, well, I would that, recommend. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go, yeah, I was going to say not not only to control the cost of your premiums, but if you don't have that basic blocking and tackling, if you don't have multi-factor authentication, if you don't have encryption on your mobile devices, you're you're just not going to be able to get insurance. Well, and, and if you don't have those things on your devices, you're at risk regardless of whether you can get insurance or not. Let's be clear. Um, but adding adding to that would be make sure when you're when you're looking at your and we've we've started to do this with our clients as part of our risk assessment process. As you're looking and evaluating um, what type of insurance you need, how much you need, et cetera. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you, you, your broker may have tools available. Um, Harbor certainly has a tool available to, to understand what your financial risk looks like. Uh, kind of on your worst day, like if you had a breach based on the information about your organization, what type of controls you have in place, what tools are in place to help protect things, um, they do have these these financial modeling tools or these these risk modeling tools now that will really show what your financial exposure is to a data breach or, or some type of cyber event. So when you consider insurance, make sure you have the right controls in place. Um, and certainly uh, work with your broker on on what the proper amount of coverage is. You don't want to overinsure yourself, basically. You don't want to overinsure. You want to, you know, and obviously it goes back to good fundamentals, right? You, you want to identify your critical assets. You want to make sure that those assets are protected properly. Um, and then you want to insure them in, in, in case of catastrophic, uh, you know, loss. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it's funny, you know, I used to use the joke that, you know, all, all in all cyber insurance was the same basically everything was vanilla but that's not true anymore right it's now no it's, no, it's, it's very it's specific now, yeah it's baskin robbins you can buy extortion insurance you can buy brand and reputation insurance you can buy you know insurance for loss of epHI um you can get very granular in your policy so again talk to your broker I think it's you know it, it's time for every business to kind of look at cyber risk as a real risk to the business um a financial risk to the business and, and therefore, you know, use insurance as a way to, uh, to transfer some of that risk. So, so the Speaking other trend, the other yeah. trend we were looking at is zero trust. Uh, it's kind of the, the buzzword bingo of, of, uh, du jour right now. Um, those listening may have gotten sales calls on this from some provider saying we've got zero trust. Um, 
it's certainly a trend for for 2023. It's going to be a hot topic. Uh, I mean, it's been around for a number of years, but it's really starting to gain some traction. Um, interestingly enough, a, a, a plug for a future podcast, which I recorded uh, just the other day. Uh, in February, we'll have a podcast really outlining what zero trust is. But uh, just for those that may want to learn more now, zero trust is is really nothing new. Uh, there's, there's a couple of, of, of important points when you think about zero trust. It's not a product. It's not something you can buy. So if, if there is a vendor claiming that they can get you to zero trust, uh, be very, very cautious about what they're trying to sell you. Um, it's it's more of a discipline. It's not even a methodology per se. It's a discipline about how you uh, how you think about your environment from a cyber perspective. It also assumes one of two things: you've already been breached, or you're about to get breached. That's the core concept inside of zero trust that everybody should keep in mind. Zero trust isn't about keeping people out. Zero trust is. We're just going to assume at the get-go that somebody is already in our network or in our systems or in our data uh, or will be soon enough. And what steps do we need to take to prevent a catastrophic uh, problem or prevent them from getting to the crown jewels or prevent them from causing some type of major outage for us? That's the that's one of the fundamental concepts within zero trust. It is not a hardening of your gates it's a discipline about assuming the worst case and how you prevent the worst case from being truly the worst case. Um, and it's all goes back to those basic practices. It goes back to, you know, proper identity access management, knowing who is getting access to what, you know, doing proper backups, having an incident response plan. These, these things that, you know, we've been talking about not only as Harbor technology group, but, but in our podcasts over the last couple of years, um, these are all important steps. They all are part of that discipline, which is zero trust. Uh, Michael, I know you've been talking a little bit about zero trust. Would you Would you agree with, with, yeah, with that assessment? Yeah, I completely agree. It's um, you know, it's it's funny. We tend to wrap um, you know new terms around old concepts, right? You know, we 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 we're, we're talking zero trust. You know, I don't know, five years ago, we were talking defense in depth. You know, we, you know, we, we continue to, to, to bring up what to me is just good, solid blocking and tackling. You know, nothing replaces good networking, you know, making sure that you, you're, you've got access and identity management in place, make sure that that's, you know, reviewed on a regular basis. You now for, for some organizations that may be monthly, it may be quarterly, but, uh, you know, I, I I tend to think that you know the buzzword bingo and, and the new terms, you know, they come and go. But if you just stick to good core fundamentals, if you stick to a, a solid set of controls, uh, then you're in good shape. It's funny. Yeah, that's it, right. It, I was going to say it reminds me of the RSA conference. You know, for those that still get together at live conferences, um, you could go to the RSA conference every year, and, and there was the the the, the new buzzword. Whether it was you know network address <laughs> translation or you know or NAC. whatever it happened to be. Yeah, 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 exactly. Whatever yeah. it happened to be, you know, somebody was, you know, every company and, and literally I think some companies went there with, you know, you know, handwritten post on stickers that they could put on their booth 
once they figured out what the buzzword was for the week. <laughs> That's right. They had the they had the right amount of sharpies to, to draw those, uh, <laughs> those buzzwords on their booth. Exactly. And I'm not trying to downplay zero trust. I'm not trying to just to say that it's not a a, a you know a, a very good, very strong you know discipline that you need to practice. Um, but for a lot of us, we've been doing it for a long time, and it's you know. It seems like it's the same blocking and tackling. Uh, well, just and, that, and that's it's a, just called something a, else, <laughs> right? I, but you know what? I I, I actually uh, agree with the buzzword here in the sense that if we can put a single word around, you know, proper hygiene, proper discipline, et cetera, and call it zero trust, and and I I think it's important to note that 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 shift in mentality of let's make sure we keep everybody out. That's that's really not fundamental to zero trust. Zero trust is right. really fundamental about let's assume what we know reality is, which is people are trying to get into our our networks, trying to get into our data, and just operate from that from that mindset. So right. I think um, certainly we're going to hear lots about it in 2023, um, and I think it's 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 something worth all of our listeners taking a look at and understanding what that discipline looks like. Right. So I think and one Michael, of, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was I was going to pivot a little bit, um, and probably you know, we didn't prep for this, but uh, you mentioned ransomware. Uh, we're seeing you know continued um, you know email compromise. I hate to call it business email compromise anymore. Um, just you know straight up loss of credentials. Um, you know we've seen some of the problems that uh, that that LastPass had last year, um, but you know the 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 rise or the continued rise of cyber crime, you know, is real. And, and, you know, it's almost sad in some ways that it's not, it's not, go, it's not getting better. You know, we, we haven't crested yet in terms of, you know, the threat landscape and the threat landscape's ability to um, adapt to new defenses, new, uh, new technology, new processes we put in place. So it's a, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's come up in all three of the segments we've done so far. But you know, I think the threat landscape is going to continue to evolve. Um, I think you're going to see both large businesses, you know, Colonial Pipeline kind of stuff, um, and then you're going to see where the real, you know, where they make their money is targeting small and medium sized businesses. Um, yeah, if you haven't sure. been hit, if you haven't been hit, you will be. Um, and if you're not prepared now, you know, you better get there quickly because it's going to happen this year. Well, so I don't know if you, I don't know if you've got any thoughts, but you know, it just I do. I, I mean, I've got lots of thoughts. Some of them are really good, and some of them are uh, <laughs> crazy, crazy Webster thoughts. But um, yeah, I, I mean, again, that that's that dovetails into zero trust, which is you said it exactly right. Like, if you haven't been hit already, somebody's going to be knocking on your door trying to trying to break in at some point. So that's that that again, not not singing the accolades of zero trust, but that's the, that is the concept behind it. Um, one quick note about LastPass for those folks that are listening. Um, so we, we, you know, we, we had a lot of conversations with our clients about LastPass, this is kind of off topic totally, uh, about LastPass and whether they should still be using it because it was a tool that we were, we were promoting for a while um, because we were using it internally. You know, using a password locker is, is a really valuable thing. And the questions were, is LastPass, you know, should we be worried about them? Well, we've moved off of it now, but not so much because they were breached. What the, what the problem is, and I think this may be a trend that we didn't talk about, Michael, um, 
this this lack of uh, visibility, this lack of um, of transparency when when an organization has a problem like LastPass has, we right. don't really know what's what's played out at LastPass. We don't. They've kind of said data is safe. Nobody got anybody's passwords, but they're not. They're being you know clear as mud about what really happened. I think we may see an unfortunate trend that continues in that route, which is a lack of transparency, unless otherwise regulated to be more transparent. You know, LastPass doesn't have an obligation from a, uh, a regulatory standpoint to tell us much at all. Um, you know, if, if PII has been breached, they have to notify those people. They don't have to tell the greater market about what's exactly happened. So unfortunately, I think a trend we might see is this lack of transparency when when an organization has a breach? That's a that's a super unfortunate thing for um, for the industry and for businesses as a whole. So well, but you, you know, I'll I'll dovetail that or I'll pivot off of that again. Um, you know, what we we have seen business to business, right? That that you know, third party or vendor risk management, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, we have seen that improve. Um, you know, we have companies. Companies are really now looking at the, you know, I use the term digital supply chain or, or digital information chain, um, but, you know, making sure that the information that they're passing amongst themselves, whether it be employee data, whether it be, uh, you know, EPHI between medical you know, organizations, financial information, whatever, financial information. Yeah, we've gotten a lot better at, you know, company A, company B. You know, making sure that 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 transfer, that handoff, um, is transparent and, and and does include things like breach notification, um, and does have things like incident response and, and report times around it. So, you know, in a lot of cases, we see this getting better, um, and some of it coming from you know regulations, right? You know, DFS five hundred and you know out of the state of New York, and you know some of the other you know uh, regulatory things that have come down. But I really do think that we've seen, you know, you know, businesses take this digital supply chain seriously. Um, DMMC is driving it in in the uh, you know the DOD defense contracting space. But it's uh, it's a trend that I, I I'm I'm optimistic and I'm For happy sure. about. And, and then and then you get a player like LastPass that that doesn't that doesn't participate in it. And immediately loses trust and immediately loses trust with longtime cybersecurity, information security geeks like us. Right? That's right. That's I, right. I, I, you know, I want transparency. I want to know, look, everybody gets breached. Everybody gets hacked. You know, step up, be honest, you know, treat, treat your partners, your customers, you know, you know, like you want to be treated and, and. You know, I, I, you know, maybe maybe I'm driving down a wrong path here, but it's uh, it's it well, no, I think you, you you touched on third party risk management. That that that's a that's a trend that's been going on for a while now. It's now included in you know SOC two and other regulatory things. You brought up CMMC on yep. how we evaluate our vendors, um, and, and and really you you touched on something that made me think like this this push for third party risk management or supply chain management. Um, what we often call TPRM, third-party risk management, um, that uh, that that trust that's being established business to business is really might be the ultimate driving force for how security gets better, how we get over that threshold of 
excuse me, improving how we're protecting our clients' data, our own assets, whatever it might be, because we are putting pressure on each other to do the right things with, you know, our data or their data, whatever it might be. So I think we will certainly continue to see a trend with, I mean, we're seeing it at our, at our small mid-sized business customers of all sorts, not just financial services companies or, um, you know, hospitals or uh, fintech companies or technology companies in general, even those that, you know, may pour concrete or something of that nature, they're being asked by vendors as part of the contracting process or onboarding process, what are you doing to protect our data? So these, this is a trend that is definitely not going away, this third-party risk management. And not only should you expect to see those coming in from your clients, but you should develop a program yourself where you're asking your vendors, what are they doing with your data? Um, right. And understanding that, you know, the uh, small mid-sized business can't go to Amazon and say, hey, Amazon, answer this questionnaire about how you're protecting our data, but at least do it in the diligence that you've looked at, you know, I'm going to buy these products from Amazon or AWS. I should be more clear there from AWS. You know, are those components, what is my security responsibility in relation to Amazon security responsibility? Or if I'm going to ADP for my HR, you know, what has been certified or in compliance with, you know, ISO 27001 or SOC 2? Um, are, they, are they doing the right things? You may not be able to get them to answer a questionnaire, but you can at least ask the questions to, to make sure that you're sanity checking your vendors. I mean, right. we're, consi we're considering a new project management tool. Um, and we've, you know, as part of our diligence, we're, we're looking at what that vendor is doing for protecting our data. And we don't have any, any, you know, data that we'd be overly concerned with other than maybe Harbor employee contact information, but we still want to make sure that they're, they're protecting a platform. So I think TPRM, is definitely a trend that will continue in, in 2023. Yeah, that dovetails think, into kind of the last subject, which was, you know, and you touched on it, it's SOC 2, it's CMMC, you know, it's the the trend of organizations who are getting some kind of, some kind of certification, um, really being driven around kind of the same, the same thing, making sure that the transfer of data between organizations is secure. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing it, uh, I mean, we have a, uh, a smaller client that um, is, you know, less than 10 people and they're doing some work for, you know, an organization that is really driving them to an ISO certification. I mean, that's, that's no, that's no easy undertaking for, for a company, especially of, of that, that small of size. Um, ISO is a serious uh, um, certification to achieve. Um, it's, you know, it can be difficult. It can be time consuming, et cetera. But they understand that to keep this client, they've, they've got to go through and jump through these hoops that they're having a third party attest to the, the, the controls they have in place. So I think you're absolutely right that that compliance pressure is going to continue. I mean, we've clearly, I'd say at least half of our clients that come in now are either bringing us on for one of our, our virtual CISOs or doing project work to help them get ready for a uh, compliance exercise. Um, wouldn't you agree? At hundred percent, so right. I think you know, yeah. and, and I've said it when I give you know my presentations. Right, it's a it's a shame that we've got the government um, involved in information security, but you know, businesses for too long have ignored it. The cyber networking industry for too long has kind of 
put security in the back seat. Um, and unfortunately, that's caused the government to kind of step in with things like CMMC. So it's just a, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a fact of the business we have to deal with today. We've Absolutely. been at this now. Yeah, we've been at this now for, you know, almost a half hour. So going to kind of get ready to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things happening this year. Um, hopefully a lot of good things. If you're listening to this, uh, you know, certainly subscribe to our blog. Uh, we're putting out uh, good information in the blog every week. We're putting out threat reports twice a month. Um, we're going to incorporate a newsletter this year so you get a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, access to, to information and get it consolidated in a, in a short form. Um, and again, we'll, we'll have these podcasts coming out monthly with uh, industry experts. So you know, a lot, lot of good things on the front for us. Um, but as I look back at last year, uh, again, it's, it's Harbor Technology Group, but if you've been a listener of The Perfect Storm, you know, we spend a little bit of time talking about harbors and, you know, exotic places and beach resorts where we can have a little bit of fun. And we did take our own little vacation this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we, went to, <laughs> we went to the south shore of, of Jamaica uh, uh, to a little place called Jake's. I don't know, Matt, if you want to just kind of, you know, kind of. Absolutely. You know, lay it out for folks that's right so as as michael was saying we we ask all of our guests to give us a great place um that they like to go to have a beer sit on the water enjoy some sun whatever it might be um and because we're not really guests for each other we just decided to use the example of of where we went uh you know our, our families went together um having known each other for 20 plus years uh we're happy to vacation with each other. And we, we went to, a, like Michael said, we went to a, a place on the South South shore in the treasure Island area, of Jamaica, a place called Jake's. So I would recommend to anyone listening, if you're looking for a kind of an off the grid, more hippy dippy bohemian type uh, trip, definitely look at Jake's. And then I would, I would sit and enjoy a, a, a beer and uh, some Great Jamaican hospitality and, and drinks uh, at Jack Spratt, uh, which is a place there at uh, Jake's Hotel. So yes, definitely check out uh, check out Jake's. You're not going to recommend that, that. I said you're not going to recommend that rum punch that I made at two o'clock one morning. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> no, because I think I felt that. I, I think I felt that for the next two days. Right. Yeah. Certainly, uh, yeah, the Treasure Beach uh, area of, of Jamaica was was awesome. Um, yeah, you know, indeed. And, and it was just a, a good chance to get away. And I think we should all reflect on, uh, you know, now that we're hopefully post-pandemic, I, I know things have changed, but, uh, you know, look, look for that opportunity to get away, to explore, and, uh, you know, check out our podcast uh, website. We've actually taken all of the locations – that our guests have mentioned over the past couple of years and put them up on Google earth. Um, so now, yeah, you know, cool. I, th I think we've got everything from Long Beach Island, New Jersey to Lake Michigan to, you know, now uh treasure beach in Jamaica. So lots well, of South Pacific, South Pacific, all sorts of places. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah great. Lots it's of good great. places to go, uh, to go explore, have a, have a cold one and, uh, and a cheeseburger in the sun. So uh, look forward to a great new year. Any questions, any comments, if you'd ever like to become a guest of the show, just uh, reach out to us and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll something set up. Yeah. Super. Thanks, uh, Michael. 
Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 